Quality Goods is brought to you by The Genius Brand. Products formulated according to science. Their clinically dosed supplements are crafted with tested, raw, and effective ingredients without proprietary blends, artificial dyes, artificial flavors, sweeteners, unnecessary fillers, or banned substances. I've recently gotten really into nootropics, and their genius consciousness has been tremendous in helping me focus while working from home through quarantine. It's got lion's mane, astragalus, ginseng, and a little bit of caffeine from green coffee extract. Sometimes I even stack that with their caffeine-free pre-workout when I'm getting in my daily fitness. Genius Pre is one of the cleanest pre-workouts I've taken. It's stimulant-free and there is no jitters. Uh, you know, if you've ever taken uh, any pre-workouts out there, I'm sure you know uh, what I'm talking about. Your physical capabilities are guaranteed to expand when your brain is engaged with their all-natural nutrients and your muscles will be stimulated by scientifically proven clean ingredients. They've got lots of other supplements and vitamins for you depending on which area of genius you're trying to improve. And you can get 15% off of your order with coupon QUALITY when you shop at thegeniusbrand.com. Or just follow the link in our Instagram bio. And if you're not satisfied, they'll even give you your money back. So what have you got to lose? Hit up the Genius Brand today with code QUALITY at checkout. On this episode of the podcast, we deviated from our usual up-and-comer entrepreneur story to bring you a conversation with a legend. No, literally, a living legend by the name of Eli. Eli is a rapper, producer, and artist with a discography that extends back into the early 90s, and his musical prowess continues as he has a couple of albums on deck that are sure to bring those legendary vibes into your life. It was an absolute pleasure to chat with an artist that has played such an impactful role in my life for nearly two decades. And as the music business evolves, he has found his stride in fostering a community of fans and followers that have been a new breath of life in his journey as a creator. We talked about that journey, and he dropped some insight into what it's been like as an artist who began their career before social media. But that hustle mentality never dies, and Eli is resilient as ever and still pushing new music and art as we travel through the apocalyptic landscape that is 2020. Whether you're also a diehard Living Legends fan, a fellow artist, or just need some positive vibrations in your life, we hope you enjoy this conversation about everything art and music. So let's get into it and see what's good. Quality, 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 goods. What is going on, good people? You are tuned into the Quality Goods Podcast. I'm Chris Beatty. And I'm Anson J. And today we have a very special guest, a literal living legend coming in from SoCal. We got Eli from the Living Legends. How you doing, my man? Good, brother. Thank you for the nice intro. I'm doing well, though. Yeah, man. It is an honor to have you join us on the podcast. I, as you can see, I am a Supporting huge, the cause. yeah, I'm a Living Legends fan, oh, man, yeah. for like going on like almost 20 years. So it's it's pretty wild. I, I don't know Definitely. if I've been a fan of many things for that long, but uh, yeah, that means you've been there from the beginning, oh, pretty yeah. much. Absolutely, man. Since the days of uh, the UHB tapes, 3MG, man, I, I uh, had them all. Yeah, for sure. 
Yes, sir, man. You look young still. So <laughs> yeah, I, I, I could say the same for you, man. I, I mean, I can't see yeah. you right now, but <laughs> you, you've looked the same time. for like yeah. 15 years. So <laughs> Thanks, you're looking good, man. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, so how are you holding up down down there in SoCal with all the fires? I mean, we got our own up here, yeah, we're definitely but it's a different story down right there. Here. Hopefully you're remaining safe. Where are you guys? Uh, are, yeah, we are in San Leandro, so like right on the border of Oakland. Yeah. So yeah, we've you're been right in the thick the of way, it. You're not all the way pushed into the smoke because I know my my whole family lives in the Bay still. Mm -hmm. and my sister woke up and it was Mars in her backyard. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. terrible yeah. all over San Francisco, Oakland. Yeah, that was about two days ago. Was the red yeah, sky? Wednesday yeah. was was nuts. Yeah, and then it's it's right. now now it's just super smoky, looking more like fog, but does not. Yeah, it's that's, that's what it not is fog. here. I'm looking out my window right now, and it's looks like fog. Yeah, you walk outside and Ash it just on everything. Yeah, fucking stinks and like yeah. My dog was outside just chilling right now. I was like, come in. I don't yeah, want my yeah, dog out yeah. there. Oh no, there. no. Yeah, people really hopefully bad. just limit. Yeah, limit your outside usage uh, wherever you can. Yeah, I did not yeah, take that bad. advice yesterday. I, I rode <laughs> my bike around San Francisco yesterday oh, just to do some exploring, but it was it was oh, eerie, I'm man. Sure it was weird. Yeah, it's eerie, dude. It yeah, kind of, it just falls under twenty twenty business as usual. I mean, yeah. except for the fact that this is a direct result of global warming and just the way we're tearing up our planet. And yeah. to me, it's more scary than anything that I've oh, seen. Yeah. Cause yeah, now it's, now it's for us in California, it's fire seasons, you know, like yeah. and we always had fires here and there, but the last few years it's been like, you know, it's coming, be, be safe, right. man. And, uh, yeah, just add to it. But yeah, we need to really, yeah, man, take care of the earth, man. Man. It's so, it's, it's so <laughs> when we just say it like that, we need to do better. It's like, dude, we're past that. We're past that now. Yeah. It's like, like we have to reverse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, and so I'm like, man, what? It's real disheartening to see all that, but at the same time, all you can really do to me, my thought process is all I can really do is I'm in my studio right now and just keep creating, yeah. keep cultivating a higher vibration, keep spreading love, living, living in a state of love rather than fear. It sounds so corny. It sounds like, oh yeah, whatever. That doesn't oh, make man. any change. Well, it does if everybody's doing it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Put so that positivity out there. You know? Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that, man. Yeah, like we all need to try yeah. to just yeah share that but, as much as we can. But it's rough, man. This is a it's a big shift, big shifting year for the whole planet to me. So yeah, absolutely. Like eye opening. Like if your eyes aren't open now, then there, there's yeah. nothing. Nothing's gonna open them. You know. Yeah. yeah. But that's like I think you know like, like you said it's our part to make sure that we if we are going to have a voice out there use it to you know try to spread those things and keep it real simple like these aren't crazy takes to just be like hey maybe we shouldn't waste so much and things like that you know like that's not a very hard ask but if we could just do it and try to communicate to, to that to as many people as you can i think you know exactly man it has an effect if, if all of us are doing it even just being a positive person and like not accepting things that you may have let slip by in the past such as people walking all over you or negative people in your life draining your energy or, you know, you, all those things that just drag us down energetically. If we get, if we just strip ourselves of all that and really make an effort, if, if enough of us are doing it, it's going, going to do something to the planet. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. You know, you can't hold yeah. on to those negative things, you know, bad stuff is going to happen in our lives, whether we like it or not, mm -hmm. but it's how we choose to react or not react to those things 
that will uh, determine the the outcome of humanity. You know? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I saw that thing this morning, and like you said, like this isn't like it's no longer we need to do these things for our generations to go. It's like no, currently we need to do something to change what's going on. Like it's our time to to step up. So, and we're all here for a reason, man. I mean, all mm-hmm. of us are. Live here for a reason and with a purpose. And if people sitting around like, "What is my? What is my? I'm so insignificant in the in the course of everything that's happening. What is? What can I do to make a difference?" Type of thing. And that's what I'm saying. These things that we're talking about, these shifts in ourselves that we make, and these changes, it it, it matters, dude. Like everyone making the changes together matters. So I, I just keep pushing out the energy and the and putting it in my music and art to push it to other people and spread it so as many people as possible are making the shift together i mean that's that's super important to me so i'm like and in that sense my goal uh within the spirituality of what i do as an artist has never changed it's always been on that path and if you've been a fan for a long time rocking with me for 20 plus then you know what's buried in my music energetically uh you know message wise it's always been a message of up, uplift, you know, trying to bring people up. Yeah, we should all aspire to uplift those around us. And I, I really love that you uh, have kept that around you this whole time. You know, now now you have your uh, Patreon and you have your uh, Discord channel and you're constantly in touch with your community. And right it's a beautiful thing, man. Thanks, bro. Thank you. Yeah, we were just talking about uh, before we got on, but just to have a career that's, you know, decades in, I mean, it's a it's a shift. But, you know, like when you're first starting out, like, you know, you had to connect with those fans without, you know, the abilities to to do it the way we do now. You yeah, know, there was so, no social media. Around yeah, you were really you just out there started. grinding, right? Like on the streets, like, how, you know, want to get into that. Dude, a little bit. <laughs> I talk about it all the time. People always bring it up. What's the difference between then and now? And it's such stark differences, like you said, such big differences, but there were pluses to me starting so early before all this shit. And there's pluses to kids starting now. I mean, it goes both ways to me, the big blessing of us starting in the early nineties and, um, particularly for me, having the mystic journeymen who were older than me, who had already who taught me the game, taught me like, we don't need anybody to make our shit happen. We go to Kinko's, we make our own covers, Man. we dub our own tapes, we put them together, we stand on the corner and we sell them. So I just followed them. I followed, I said, okay, I draw my own cover. <laughs> you know? I remember I drew my first cover for As They Passed on my aunt who lived in Berkeley. I was sitting at her dining room table I just grabbed whatever, whatever marker she had in a little <laughs> can. And I, I had, there was crayons and not crayons, <laughs> not crayons, sorry. It was colored pencils, colored pencils. and a couple of pens. And I just drew as they pass cover with what she had. I traced a tape cover and I, for the dimensions. And then I used that. I, I went to Kinko's and I, I printed, I made a Man. bunch of copies, cut them out, made my own tape, made as they pass in Grouch's basement where I lived right after I got kicked out of my aunt's house, stayed with him, made my first tape on his four track and his ASR 10, which he taught me how to use. And then followed my big bros on, on a telegraph where I watched them do their thing, where they were mega aggressive sunspot. Hey, 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 come here, come here. Just talking to, and people are coming. They're like, okay, yes, I need this tape. And I was the opposite guys. Like I had the hoodie over my face, 
I didn't want anybody looking at me. Mm. I was shy as fuck. I was hella introverted. <laughs> I had a little box of tapes that I made, but do you think I was out there screaming at people? Hell no. I was behind Sunspot smoking beaties and weed on the corner with the other <laughs> dude. And I was just too timid to do that. So the blessing for me was Amoeba in Berkeley mm. on Telegraph being the first place to buy tapes from the street from these kids selling their tapes. They took our tapes in the store probably took five of them the first time and said, we'll see how they do. Mm -hmm. selling. Oh, we need more. I'm like, oh. So then I make more albums and start making you using a more professional means of making them CDs. And Amoeba was the first place that really gave us a chance, me a chance to uh, sell my music without having to be a character that I wasn't like aggressive on the corner, slanging tapes. Even Merce was good at that. He would, you be in people's faces, loud, freestyle <laughs> on the corner. I was never yeah. a freestyler, so I wasn't doing that. I was just like, hey, I have one too. I have one too, guys. <laughs> and it was just, I wasn't aggressive enough for that. So to come from grinding in that way with no internet, traveling the world, which is also the journeyman taught us this, traveling the world without being invited. Like, we're going to Japan, <laughs> right? No one said, hey, come to Japan and do shows to these That's dudes. Great. They just said, we're going to Japan. And they went. And they start showing up at shows and saying, hey, we're from America. Put us on. Let us get on. Yeah. And that's how the shit spread. That's crazy. That's, wild, yeah. that's insane. So before the first time I went out <laughs> to another country, they had already laid the ground, the groundwork. They had met people. They were sleeping on people's floors. Mm -hmm. DJ, A Quiet Storm and all these dudes from back then. And so when we when I went out for the first time, I had shows lined up. Like I didn't have to like break and like bum rush the show like come in and put us on type of shit mm. they're like we got they we got a spot for you yeah right so from that do-it-yourself mentality just total renegade style to now where you can make a project in your bedroom upload it everywhere make a video upload it everywhere and instantly just be around the world that is such a big difference yeah, yeah it's incredible the benefit of starting when i did is that i cultivated might not be the hugest, biggest um, crowd, but super loyal, long-term fan base that yeah. has followed me. Some are the same age as me. Some, a lot of them are, a lot of people that listen to me are younger mm -hmm. still because people pass the shit down and yep. the new kids discover the stuff. You know, that's another benefit of things being everywhere is that it doesn't matter how old you are. You could, I remember when I was 16 or 13, 14, discovering new shit, I don't care how long you've been out or how yeah, long, how yeah. old this album is when I found it. I'm like, this is fucking amazing. So yeah, this is new to me. So yeah, so all the I, I, all these people stayed with me. New people came, and therefore I have this very loyal is a weird word, but it's like uh, a fan base that really cares about what I'm doing. Like yeah. are invested in my shit, right? So when I do start something like Patreon. People came and they stay and it's, it's work. Don't get me wrong. Like to get people to yeah. join a new platform where you got to put in a credit <laughs> card and like pay to be a part of something. That's hard. People are like, I, my best tactic so far has been going in on Instagram and DMing people one by fucking one and saying, Hey, it's me. This is my Patreon. Really would mean a lot. If you would join, you know, holler at me. Most people think, I'm a bot somehow. Like, <laughs> how do you hire a bot to send <laughs> people for you? Because I've never heard of that, number one. But number two, when they do respond, we get in little chit chats. They can't believe it's me uh, DMing them one by one. But 
I found it the most genuine because that's, it's just who I am. Like I, I always try to be the most genuine version of me for people. And through my music, everything I do, I try to just have, be an open book. You know what I mean? And yeah, man. so in that, in that, sorry to cut you off, but I'm, oh, I'm just trying to get to the end of this <clears throat> thought. But so, so I'm using the tools of today, right? Your yeah. Patreon, all the social media, all the ways that you can spread easily. But I've cultivated this amazing group of people that, that will be with me no matter what. People today, kids blow up hella fast, right? Yeah. Boom, yeah. they're big. They go viral. The Flavor of the week. Yep, yeah. Labels snatch them up real quick. That's they, they, they like farm these kids. They mine for them. Oh, this dude is popping right now. Grab him, put out a few singles. Ooh, he reaches to the, and then boom, he's just gone, dude. Yep. Gone. Yeah. And then some of these kids blow up real fast and they just don't have a chance to cultivate the crowd. Because the audience of the young young people these days have such a short attention span that they're like, oh, I like that, I like it, I like it. And then they're like, ooh. And they just totally leave people. I mean, it's really rare for me to see, I could be wrong, but it's, it's rare, it seems, for young people today to blow up and maintain an audience, especially if they're not on a big label, right? Yeah. So that is the benefit to me of the best of both worlds type of deal. I always want, you know, I always strive for more. Like, I'm always like, God, dude, 38, I, I've been doing this for 24 years and I have 38,000 fucking followers on Instagram. That's not shit compared to my friends, all, yeah, you know, yeah. people in my genre who are big, I consider like bigger than me. They just have twice as many, three times as many. And, but what I've come to, to think about this year is like, stop looking at what you don't have. Look at what you have, because there's so many people that will be, it would kill to be where I am. And so I'm like, so I focus on who messes with, who fucks with me? Like mm-hmm. who is really, uh, who really looks out for what I'm doing and who's checking for my new music and my art. And that's who I got on my Patreon, man. And it's doing really well with it. I want, I, I continuously am recruiting and bringing in more because people drop off every month. You know, first of the month hits, I lose mm-hmm. 30 patrons automatically. Boom. Mm-hmm. I might get 10 of them back, but then I have to try and like pull in more people. So, but there is a solid group of 500 plus that will never leave. They just won't because they're there and that's a big deal, man. So I service and cater to them. I I find the real hardcore heads that literally guys since last year have been imperative to my survival, dude. Like last year I had some health issues pop up. I had this vertigo shit hit me out of nowhere. Mm. I had Oof. like nerve and it didn't, it turned out to be nerve damage from a chiropractic uh. adjustment that went wrong. And I've been in a year later this year, I'm still, I'm not the same as I was and I might not ever be the same. There's certain things that happened that changed me like uh, yeah. from that little thing. Right. Mm. But also from those moments of chaos and, and, Oh man, just like when your life is thrown and turned upside down comes the blessings and comes the inward journey where you go inward and grow from it. Right. And so last year I I, I wasn't doing any shows. I couldn't be in the studio. I couldn't be in front of my computer screen because it fucked with my eyes. I couldn't do anything. Patreon kept me, they stayed with me. I shared everything as I went. I, I told them what happened to me. I told them as, you know, through my journey, like what's going on. And 
people stayed with me. And then this year comes. So this year I'm like, all right, I'm on my way. I'm on my way back. I got so many new albums. I'm about to drop them one after the other and just get back on the road. Boom. 2020 comes. Patreon has become so important to me guys. Like, so crazy big shout out to every one of my patrons because I wouldn't be here without them. And so that's, it, it really uh, shows the value of cultivating an audience that will be with you no matter what. Yeah. You know? It's all about those connections, man. And like you said, you, you even messaged me and, but I didn't think it was a bot because I've actually met you before, like at a couple of shows. And so I, right. I knew how you are as a person. I know that yeah. you are just a genuine person. And so when you reached out, I was like, Oh man, that is so cool that he, approached me individually you know it wasn't some group message like hey guys come join me it was like hey i know that you're a fan like why don't you come join my community and i was like you know what dude i would love to thank you for inviting me into your your family you know yeah i think that's really man like uh just an independent like grind kind of mentality you know like like you said you were DMing everybody that you had, right? So that's like the new age, you just jump into Japan without any shows, right? Like you just had to go and like, you know, this is what I'm doing now. If you want to mess with it, I'm gonna be here doing this. But like, you know, you saw from an early age that you just have to find your lane and and back then, oh yeah, like, all right, I just gotta get my stuff in this in this place. Like Amoeba, it especially if I was one of the people that got to get one of your guys' tapes at Amoeba, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna be fucking with you because you right. see it from the beginning, man. Like, and it's just you see it grow to what you're doing, like, yeah. Yeah, I definitely copped a, a, cu- a couple of your albums at that Amoeba in Berkeley. Right. Yeah, yeah I mean, that was like the first place when we were able to yeah. start driving. Yeah, we were like, oh, we're to, Amoeba and I yeah, used to go sell older CDs that I didn't want anymore and trade them in for yeah, some, for some Living Legends stuff, yeah, you know, yeah. and that's how I discovered it. I, and we didn't have the ability to preview music back then. So I was just, you know, I'd, yeah. I'd look through the, uh, the hip hop yeah. section and just yeah. be like, this looks cool. You know, I fuck with the living legends. I yeah. let me see what this guy's about. And, you know, yeah, that's like, how I discovered a lot of your guys' music. Yeah, man. We used to go in there. I used to go in there and look at the cover art. And at the cover oh, yeah, art, for you know, sure. like, I'm going to check this out. Yep. And 80% of the time it was good. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, dude. And that's part of the, this 2020 shit is, amoebas are hurting and all these mom and pops yeah, are closing and they were already closing yeah, and now it's, it's like Amping gut punches to all these small shops and it's really really sad dude i don't know what you know as we keep going through this year which seems like has made time <laughs> irrelevant because yep. i look at the, the day and i'm like it's it's almost the middle of september already dude yeah Didn't it just become september 1st yeah exactly. like what this is crazy in a sense that's been a huge blessing because i've come to the compl- conclusion that time is and the idea of oh i need more i'm running out of time or i need to do this on time or we yeah. got to get this done all that mindset I'm fucking over it. I'm done with that, dude. Yeah. I don't want to live like that anymore. I don't yeah. want to live with self-imposed pressure anymore. Like time is a source of anxiety and stress that we put on ourselves yeah, because yeah. we feel as though we are always running out of time because in the end it comes down to like fear of death and dying and fear yeah. of not enough time. You know what I mean? I'm like, I, so this year has kind of given me that uh, thought process where I'm not trying to let the idea of time rule my life anymore. I'm just going to live and try and live in the moment as much as I possibly can. Cause that's right where the joy is right now. 
me talking to you guys in the moment, not thinking about tomorrow when I'm first game of the year fantasy football <laughs> <laughs> well technically it was thursday but yeah, I, thursday, I didn't have anybody in that game though i didn't have anybody in that game <laughs> so for me everything starts tomorrow but that's that's a, that's a side note i'm a, yeah. a fantasy football theme but just the point being staying in the moment and not being concerned about time has been a, a weird blessing of this year yeah. but as as we keep getting deeper into the year shit's not getting any less crazy no nah, not at it all it is getting crazier it's and just, crazier. yeah and it's like the other thing that we were worrying about in say june and july it's still going on and then we add in the other thing it's not like the other things are falling off either that's what's like no. real crazy about it like it's just adding to the pot man and ugh. Yeah. right and it's just like ugh. you yeah. can choose to get online and read the news and look at all the headlines and check out all those these horrible stories every day and it will drag you into a pit oh, yeah. of despair, anxiety, anger, fear, all that shit. I had to stop doing that. I was like, I unfollowed a bunch of people on Twitter. I stopped going on Twitter pretty yeah, much. Yeah. Twitter. Yeah, I definitely Still stay away from Twitter as much yeah. as possible. <laughs> a lot of negative shit going yeah, on. Man. You know, but on Instagram, I've probably been primarily using it just for Patreon and like trying to keep posting and and recruiting for Patreon. Facebook, I haven't gone on in five years. I don't fuck with it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but besides that, like I, I'm always yelling at my mom, mom, can you please stop watching the news? Please, because she texts me about Trump shit and political <laughs> stuff. And yeah. I'm like, I don't want to fucking hear. I just don't want to hear it, dude. Yeah. I paid a lot of attention to that earlier this year. And I'm just like, I got to distance myself from that. There's a lot of, there's a lot of things that are important and need to be addressed, but also there is the personal inward journey. And that's what I'm trying to like tell people. That's almost more important than anything else is what you're doing with yourself and how that, how you, how you express that to the rest of the world. So I can't, I just can't, I can't be on that stuff all the time, man. Yeah. It's unhealthy. Yeah. And I'm a victim of, of these things too. Like the, all that self-imposed pressure that you mentioned, I've been trying to get better at that, but you know, I, I, I still take on like way too many things and just th expect things to happen. And, you know, I'm trying to push this podcast. I'm trying to grow in my career and I'm yeah. just like, why am I, I'm the only one that's stressing over these things, you know, and these are not yeah. outward stresses. So I'm just like, you know, what? I, I don't, I'm, I'm good right now. Like, I'm you know, healthy. You give, give yourself a break sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You need to do that more often. Right. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm really saying. There's no need to stop stop the hustle, you know what I mean? But the idea of grind or die or, you know, yeah. going, you, you know who takes naps? You don't sleep past <laughs> Yeah, many, many years seven. of thinking like, that way, yeah. Yeah, many years of thinking, many years of thinking that way, yeah, bro. Man. That's what I'm saying. I groomed myself to be in that mode and all it's brought me, it's brought me some gifts but at the same time it's, it's brought me more destructive mm. um, physical things and like and just anxiety and stress to the nervous systems like i, I just don't want i refuse to live that way anymore and i feel like if you can get probably more done doing less yeah than yeah less. yeah because then you are at your best when your mind is you know, right. clear yeah, focus on yeah, that focused, one thing you're doing. Exactly. Yeah, so, and you just get that, it done. A, and then, uh. Right. And that's another blessing of uh, 2020 and just being in self reflection and trying to figure out the patterns of me and what 
is not acceptable anymore and what needs to change. And, you know, having all these dreams this year where I wake up and I'm journaling, I've been journaling for a year straight, year and a half, just like, it's just a habit that I started, hadn't done it since I was a kid. I'm like, I'm journaling every day. And it's been fantastic for me. Like all these things pop up where I'm like, whoa, this pattern stems from this moment when I was a child. And you start realizing where shit started and how, where it came from. And then, okay, how do I change it? What do I do? Awareness is key to everything. If you're aware of these habits that you engage in every single day, like when I'm in traffic and some dude gets in front of me and I automatically tense up and like, you mother and start cussing again. I'm like, yeah. dude, back it up. Where yeah. is that coming from? <laughs> okay, that is so silly, dude. I don't care. Go, whatever. Like uh, it's, it's, and I'm, that's just a general thing, but there's a lot of patterns that I've been discovering about myself that I've just been, if I wasn't in the house all the time, probably wouldn't have been close this close to being aware of all these things yeah. because I just had the time to do it this, this year. Slowed you down. You know, you had to start reflecting. Like, I mean, all of us just reflecting yeah. on everything going on. And that's where you said, like, you can be sitting there that whole time absorbing the whole world, which is like, yeah, you want to be in the world too, but that's a lot to take in, you know? And, like you said, you have a, a, enough to just think about in your own head, yeah. in your own space, to take on the rest of everyone's things, you know? That's what I'm saying, man. So you mentioned earlier, just uh, yeah, stepping aside from all the crazy yeah. chaos in the world, you mentioned earlier the uh, making beats with Grouch on an ASR-10. And I just want to talk a little bit about that because uh, most people like that are in modern music pr production now have never heard of this. <laughs> yeah, but you, you know what? Like you guys actually inspired me and my friends to pick one up and try to learn how to, to how to sample on that thing. And right. wow, that it's it is it is something, man. Like how is it? Yeah, like how would you compare that to like modern music production technology, where man, you can just plug in machine and just start going at it. Well, I mean, for the last five years, I've been using Ableton. So I switched over from ASR 10 five, six years ago. Oh, man. So you, you've wow. been rocking with that thing yeah. still, like, pretty recently. I've been rocking with, well, yeah. You know, <laughs> it might have been longer than five years. I'm, I'm, I could be wrong. It could be closer <laughs> to six, seven or seven years that I've been using Ableton. But... My SR10 is sitting right here up against the wall <laughs> because I don't use it anymore. And occasionally I'll plug it in and I'll like search through some old beats and sounds and, and even maybe even make a beat on it. But Ableton is just such a better flow, easier flow. I have everything at my fingertips. I can chop shit with ease and amazing things. I, I've been using this, um, this program. I think it's, yeah, it's Serato. It's a Serato sampler, right? And you just, it's super simple. It comes up on Ableton and you drag a whole song in there and put, and you hit a button and it just chops it randomly everywhere. And then I'm hitting things in it. In it. It's not like I set up the chops, so it's like random. Yeah. And it's fun for me to see where it chopped it. And it, it would, it chops things where I would have probably never done it. And then I end, and then you could change the pitch and all this do, shit that you could never do on the ASR 10. And so in that sense, it's endless possibilities with Ableton, endless. But when I plug in ASR 10 and put on a beat, the sound quality is just blows it away, dude. Like, yeah. 
Something Does special. that matter anymore? Not really, because yeah. in the end, with Last House on the Block, for instance, the last album I did, there was like half the songs were made on the ASR, half were made in Ableton. I dare you to try and tell me the difference. Because mm-hmm. when you have the right engineer mixing, shit don't matter, man. Absolutely. It not matter anymore. You have to have the right engineer. But a lot of these amazing youngsters that use Ableton and you walk, you sit and say, you just like step up them and they're working and you watch them they're just like done and the shit sounds like slamming as hell like damn dude why how does your shit sound that good because these (laughs) kids just know they know how to process things they know what style beats need what eqing and what snares work with what it's just like these kids are like mad scientists dude oh yeah they're amazing so uh but the but the asr i'll never get rid of it i'll always have classic it's limited and in that sense it's fun because part of the reason why grouch does, doesn't really mess with ableton still is because he is the type of dude that gets caught up in the small things right so he'll start messing with eqs and effects and then he'll go down a rabbit hole and next thing you know he's been there two hours and, and hasn't done <laughs> shit but eq a snare and he's like there's too much options for me ah he goes crazy with it and he loves loves the ASR 10 because it's a limited options. You, yeah. you know, there's only so much you can do on ASR, only so many samples you can, you know, pop out, but sound quality wise, you're not going to beat the hardware, the ASR 10, MPC 3000, all that shit is monstrous sound, but Ableton, the, the workflow is just crazy, man. It's just, it's super fun to me too. So I enjoy Ableton a lot. Uh, I'm still learning. There's so much to learn on Ableton. It's endless, endless learning. Yeah. I do. Uh, uh, I don't do vocals in there, though. I make beats on Ableton. I bounce all the waves out, put it in Pro Tools, still recording Pro Tools. So, man. Yeah, like I, I like that production philosophy, you know, of like limiting yourself because then it forces you to be creative with your limited options rather than having a million options. And like I said, it's like when I go to a restaurant and yeah. I, the menu is just way too extensive. It's like, <laughs> I don't even know what I, I want anymore. <laughs> yeah. I feel you, yeah. I mean, that's the whole, that's really what it all is, is like limiting yourself is fun too. Because like you said, you it forces you to be creative, but also you just know what you're dealing with. And you, some for some people, it work faster that way. Um, but... You know, I tell people this all the time. If I was to choose one of my creative outlets to keep and the rest had to go, production, number one, no matter what. Like, producing is my number one passion. Number one love, been that way since the beginning. Love writing, love rapping, love drawing, but production is number one love, dude. And I'm trying to get into scoring and into film scoring and haven't got my toe in the door yet, but... I keep putting it out there and someone's going to give me a shot and then it's over from there. I'm telling you, I'm getting, I'm getting one of those Academy Awards, man. I might not win a Grammy, but I'm trying to get an Academy Award. <laughs> there you go, school. man. You got to, got to set those sights on something. And yeah, maybe when we can have a few more feature films being produced uh, in, yeah. in the future. Right. There's then, nothing yeah. happening. Everything's on pause. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, I can't believe that they're trying to open movie theaters and stuff like that. And I see movie okay. trailers like only in, only theaters. in theaters. I'm like, oh, yeah, are you guys yeah. sure about that? You mean only in the theater of we my shall living room? See exactly. nobody, nobody's going to a movie theater. If they have a crazy. Uh-uh. Nah. Oh. 
what else you got for me, man? Well, I mean, yeah, we, we talked about your production shops and I know you mentioned being a shy guy in the early days. Like what was it like getting on stage for the first time and performing? I'll tell you exactly where <laughs> I was then and how I dealt and how I changed the first show I ever did with journeyman grouch Aesop and who else was there? It was probably journeyman grouch Aesop and Merce and me. And the first show we did where we performed grouch and I performed the March first time <laughs> did the couple legend songs that we had made in the basement. We did those and I followed the lead of the older bros. We were backstage. They were drinking. I said, give me some of that. I was nervous as hell. Give me the drink. <laughs> Long Island iced tea. I'm like, let's rap. Let's I'm it. ready to go. <laughs> so it was bad in a sense that I was, you know, always been in an addict personality wise. But little did I know that alcohol would be the key to me not feeling nervous on stage. So from then. Liquid I courage. Every yeah. show, liquid yeah. courage. I was drinking before I was of drinking age. I would I would drink Long Island in the car, go inside, and then drink on stage. And by the end of the show, I was just just loaded out of my mind. You know what I mean? So from that first show up until I got clean in two thousand five, I was you know drinking and doing other things. You know, as it as it got closer to two thousand five, got worse and worse, and then got clean. Then my, I'll never forget my first show clean, first show sober ever. So mm. from the first show I did to that moment it was all drinking. Something was in my system. So it was a G&E show or say G&E had just come out and we, and I was butterflies up the, wow, I was just so nervous, man. Like, and I already been performing for whatever. Yeah. yeah. Almost a day. Nine years yeah. at that point. And get on stage. We start going. And I, I must've had the biggest grin on my face. I was like seeing everybody's faces. Mm. There was no, it wasn't a blur. I was like, man. And I was feeling the energy from then on. I was like, this is what I've been missing this. I, I, cause the whole time I've been trying to zone that out. I've been trying to like, mm. don't look at me. Type of <laughs> shit. I was so insecure. And so like feeling like I wasn't good enough that I said, just don't look at me. And I would rap like this basically. And now I'm like fully exposed and my, and my energy is wide open and people are giving me their energy and I'm giving it back. And it became a totally different high, man. So from that kid that started performing and having a drink to now where I still get nervous every single show, no matter what, <laughs> once I'm on the stage, it's a whole different thing. I'm so present. I'm so right there with people and the energy coming from above and it's a, just an exchange. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I value that. Yeah, that's something I definitely did not take enough advantage of is the live show thing. And now you can't even do it. You know, so oh, it's man. like, I know I'm ready for that when it comes back. But man. Oh, man. Legend shows. Man, I've been to so many of them. And I, I still remember my first one. It was in San Francisco at the... Uh, Maritime? Not, not at the Bill Graham. What's, what is the Maritime. Maritime Hall. The... the oh. The one over on Geary. Oh, man. I haven't been to a show there in forever. But yeah, man, I was like 15. And like I said, we before drinking age, me and my friends just all went for one of my friend's birthday. And I remember one of the coolest things. I passed a blunt to Sunspot on stage and it like made my day. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, he took a blunt from me oh, yeah. in the that's crowd. The, yeah, that's it. 
and forever after that. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And you know what? You guys just brought so much energy, and I just love the fact that there's like, you know, there's like seven or eight of you on stage at the same time, oh, yeah, man. and everybody's bringing their own energy. It's is amazing, and I yeah, it's, ma- it's so, magical, yeah. man. And honestly, the last little tour run we did it was only like three or four shows. It was last year. Yeah, it was last year. It was early 2019. Mm. And we did some Colorado shows and we did this big ass festival that was mostly electronic music. And then we did a show in um, up in the up in the mountains. But um, that show that was at that festival, it was all of us, uh, you know, fully grown men at this point. (laughs) But every moment it was a fucking fun ass show. dude. Like we had a great time. The crowd was vibing with us it was a huge crowd we took a picture it's on my instagram somewhere it's like all of us posed and then everybody behind us but we were rocking still man like the energy is still there we might be totally in a different places now because everybody is everybody's in a totally different place i don't talk to everybody all the time like the only guy i have constant contact with guys is grouch and uh merce i've been really talking to merce a lot lately um because he's a he's a dad he's an amazing dad of you know, two kids, three kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's out there doing it like you too. Like, you know, yeah, engaging with people on different Twitch avenues, man. Yeah. Has his own podcast as well. The hardest, hardest working dudes. I know yeah. he goes harder knowing he has three kids, three boys <laughs> at home and he's doing shit all day long, freestyling on Twitch. Then he's doing the Patreon too. Then he's doing this, putting out album after album during this whole thing. Right. Like nobody can tell Mars nothing, man. The dude hustles his ass off. So I talked to those two guys. I talked to Scarab here and there. You know, me and the other boys will on Instagram will like talk to each other yeah, or yeah. we'll occasionally text. But it's not, you know, it, it's been a long time since we lived in in one giant place together when when I was seventeen, eighteen. You know, and and that's fine, dude. People yeah, grow yeah. up, oh, yeah. their own lives. But when we come back together and do a legend show it's as fun as it is maybe more fun to me now because I cherish every single moment that we have on stage together thinking this might never happen again. Yeah. That's my mindset. Every time we do a show now, this might not happen again. So enjoy this shit fully. Yeah, like you and said, that's, be my, that's what I do. That's what I do. And, and it's still fun, dude. Not going to lie. Um, I wish we could uh, put out some new legends music. Oh, man. I would been, love that. We, we've, yeah. made attempts at a bunch of songs. We have some songs that are sitting on Grouch's laptop computer and it's hard to get shit done with sometimes. Yeah. Some of some of the dudes in the crew are content with where they're at doing other things right now. Yeah. Aesop. Sure. He's seen him doing the cooking. Yeah. yeah, he's a he loves cooking. Aesop like, tables. Aesop <laughs> tables. He he enjoys cooking the way I enjoy art, right? Yeah. He loves it. And I love watching him do his thing on it when he's cooking. He just enjoys it so much. Like he's good. I'm, if we never did another Legends thing, he'd be good. Picasso is doing his own thing in Oakland. He had a really dope little uh club, not club, but it was like an after hour slash art gallery dope spot where it was popping for a while that he just stopped after a few years of that, but he's having a baby. He's getting married. I'm having my first baby. Congratulations. Thank you, man. Um, So everybody's growing up and doing different things. And, but so to try and finish a project 
uh, it basically would take Grouch and I like constantly sending things out and saying, you got to finish your verse on this. You got to do it. And And I'm just like, at this point, I'm like, I'm not interested in doing that. I'm just not. Yeah. The vibe is just not there. Right. I'm, I'm doing my own thing, man. I have a lot going on over here. I have multiple albums. Like I told you guys that couple that were supposed to drop this year, but everything, I just pushed it back. I pushed it finishing other things. So hopefully next year things are going to start dropping. Actually this year, it's going to start in October with a Grand Tapestry EP. Um, and I don't know if you guys are up on Grand Tapestry, my group Grand Tapestry, but we we make some of the most unique, amazing, vibey shit that, uh, that I make with any combination of musicians that I work with. So I'm super excited about that. Grouch and I are one song away from being done with our new album. In, nice. in other words, being new mixed. Genie. That's exciting. New well, it's dope, man. I can't, I'm, you know, there's not enough new music coming out these days. And I, I was just thinking about that, you know, like it's hard for people to get into that creative vibe with all this, this chaos. So it's cool to know that you're still out there creating and sharing that with everyone. Yeah. So something I, I wanted to ask you about, just like coming from a big crew, uh, how difficult is, is it to make a living when you have to split proceeds from shows like seven or eight ways? Like what are the struggles like? Well, I mean, it was when it was just legends. It was, that was so far ago. It was like, we're talking before we ever did a G and E show or any like solo shows. It was not until like 2002 or three where I started doing that kind of stuff. So all I knew was legend shows and yeah, but we were doing big tour, long tours, Mm. like man, what almost 60 dates tours and still coming home because we would have a tour bus, which costs a lot of damn money, still be coming home with like, this is all I got. Like, damn. So it was, it was rough back then, but at the same time, like CD sales were popping and like making a lot more money off physical merch. Um, So it all balanced itself out back then. But, you know, once Grouch and I did No More Green Grasses and started, we did that tour and started breaking off and doing my first solo tours then I was able to, you know, make a little bit more money. But as the years progressed, um, obviously things have changed and progressed and digressed. I don't know what you want to call it, but CDs are damn near irrelevant Mm -hmm. and it's all digital. And that is really made it hard to survive. So therefore Patreon comes into the conversation again. I was like two years ago or almost, no, three years ago. I was like, how am my, I need something else. This is not working. Patreon came into my peripheral and I started researching it and, you know, uh, gift to Gab, Black Delicious, yeah. he's the one that told me about it the first time. And I said, let me check this out. And I, started, I was like, dude, this is what I've been looking for. Somewhere to, to connect directly to my biggest fans and have some constant income, something dependable every month. Um, and that's why it became so important because Unless you're Drake or somebody with millions and millions of streams every month, you are not surviving yeah, off stream. Just not, dude. Or some, DJ Fresh, who's another good friend of mine who grinds his ass off and has been and has just the most albums of anyone I ever met. At most albums that he's a part of. His catalog is ridiculous and he keeps adding on to it. He makes good money streaming. He does. 
But for somebody like me who it's just not enough, dude, like nowhere near enough. We're talking about my streaming income right now. Every month pays for my car payment. Maybe that's it. Like that's it. And what is it? Like uh, a million streams equals like $800 or something like that. It's like not, right. not much. much not much at all. And I hope someday that gets changed. It's just not fair. You know what I mean? Um, so artists are, are have been pushed to find other ways. Yeah. So Patreon is a way hustling, doing my art has become something that is a, like a big part of my income, like people ordering commission pieces and me drawing for people and all that stuff. And then, you know, doing verses, selling beats. I've had to pull out every stop during this year when there is no shows really? because obviously shows and touring is also a big source of income. But now everybody is touring. Everybody's doing shows. Everybody got merch. It's so oversaturated that even that is difficult to line up a good amount of shows and have people show up and make money that way. It's hard, dude. It's rough. Right. And to be honest with you guys, straight up, if I can make a living without having to hit the road, I would never tour again. It's hard. It's stressful. It's tiring. It beats you up. And the end result, the income is not, does not match the energy that you had to yeah. energy that you have to ex expend to be on the road is not, does not match up with the money that comes in. So, but you know, it, when that moment, when I'm on stage in the moment with you guys rocking and like the energy exchange is happening and the smiles are on the faces, that's a healing moment. That's makes it all worth it. But everything around that, it's like, oh, God, again, we're doing this yeah, again. Well, I mean, when you do it for as many years as you guys have done it, man, I mean, you know, that's a whole other thing is not, there's not many artists that can even say that, you know, they, they did it for as long as that. So, Right. So like, like we were saying earlier, yeah, I got to count my blessings, gratitude. And if there's anything that happened this year that's a blessing, it's that by the time shows we're comfortable getting back in a room full of people, people are going to be ready to see oh, some yeah, shows man. they're going to show oh, yeah. up and everybody's going to be touring oh yeah, yeah. there's gonna be multiple people in multiple cities at all times like for a while you know to just try to not, dude. Yeah. Oh, i can't even imagine what it's going to be i've seen people doing these drive-through yeah. shows you guys yeah, see yeah i've seen some stand-ups doing that yeah some rooftops too, and yeah. yeah some different anything outdoor space and I'm not opposed to the drive-through thing, a drive-in thing. I mean, Grouch and I were talking about it. If somebody wanted to pay us like legit money to yes, rock mm -hmm. in front of a crowd in their cars, because I've watched most people end up on top of their cars. <laughs> yep. Yeah. They're yeah, gonna, exactly. Yeah. So you still get some humans coming out of your cars and putting your yeah, hands up and interacting with us. I'm down to do that. I mean, as close as we can get, but you know, with me uh, bringing this baby into this world and being a first time dad for me, I, my life's about to change. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, and you want to spend as much time with your family as possible. Yeah, exactly. So hustling from home is valuable. How do I make it to a point where I can survive without leaving for long periods of time? And this year has been oh, yeah. you know, forcing yeah, it. Everybody's right? trying to find a way now. So everybody's trying yeah. to find a way. Have to find yeah. a way. Well, and the difficult thing when we can actually start returning to shows is going to be trying to get booked like everybody's going to want to get booked exactly. so it's going to be a battle for those venues and then yeah. we're not going to be able to do 
arena shows it's all going to be like smaller venues so it's the competition is going to be stiff and as a fan i have to pick and choose who i can go see you know i don't have like the income for every artist that i want to see you know what i mean but right it's going to be crazy i don't know how it's going to look and i don't even know when this is going. yeah that's exactly that's it's all up in the air for that point for sure So, like you said all (laughs) next year maybe like i don't know i just saw some i just read something i don't know on twitter or something saying canada just had the first 48 hours with no new corona uh wow that's uh, cases that's some, and no deaths. Uh, kind of promising and, that's exactly. good news uh, canada though where it's like the opposite <laughs> we are the most the, stupid oh fucking country yeah. oh, the no worst one. yeah literally the worst stuff. yeah L- yeah literally the worst literally the worst <laughs> yeah, statistically and, you know we don't need to go down that path but but it's on everyone's it's just mind, like huh? how long is it gonna take man i, I don't know um i'm i'm a little more a lot more cautious and paranoid knowing that i have a pregnant woman here besides before she was pregnant she deals with asthma stuff so it's like i'm not trying to put her at risk for anything so therefore i'm being more cautious than maybe i would be because i'm not a super paranoid person about all Mm -hmm. this i i believe that if you're you know taking care of your immune system and, and getting that vitamin c and doing everything to boost yourself and and still being wearing yeah, be a mask cautious, going, yeah. be cautious but it's not like you have to be fearful because that all that's going to do is break your body down yeah yeah fear, having that right? exactly yeah anxiety right. you're bringing yeah. the sickness in yeah, a different way break. yeah so but because uh because my wife's pregnant I'm, I'm just super cautious overly cautious and that's the way it has to be so i don't know man and, and then there's the idea of performing online and doing like live shows yeah. here's here's something I want to share with you guys about that. Like I've done over the years, I've done a lot of like impromptu, like live on Instagram um, in stories sets at rehearsals. Like I have this rehearsal spot that I go to and I'll just set up my phone and go live and then just do a show. Right. And my phone is the only thing in the room besides the speaker set up and me and my mic, but I feel nervous. Like it's a show. <laughs> yeah because i know people are yeah, watching yeah. it so it made you my can't rehearsals see them no, I can't yeah, you see no, yeah you have no expressions coming from them for you to know like how it's going no but but it's weird that i still feel yeah, the awesome. energy like i feel the eyes on me right so like it would take my rehearsal to another level because i i would have this adrenaline burst while i'm rehearsing so i would do that every once in a while and they're cool they're 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 semi-fun you know what i mean but Doing a legit real show, I just have no desire, guys. Like, none to do that. I don't want to do it. But I just broke out my gear yesterday. I set up my wireless mic, in-ear setup, and I just plug my laptop in, put in my in-ears with my wireless mic, and I'll wander around this room, and I start rehearsing again. I just tapped in. Yeah. Tapped into those vibes. October, October will be a year since I've done a show. Wow. I have not gone a year without doing a show since 1995. Oh, wow. So it's so strange for me. And my, my voice has been hella like dry and weak and just kind of like out of sorts. And so I started rehearsing yesterday. Certain songs would come on. I put on random too. Like I have a, a set list with everything, right? And I'll just hit random and let it pick songs out of mm-hmm. nowhere. Some of them, muscle memory came right back. Some of them, I was like, da-da-da. Oh, shit. And that's fine. I just skip, go to the next one. I went about 20 minutes before my voice was gone. Like just like ah, that. Just from that lack of exercising those exactly, man. Yeah, you're doing those little exercises, man. And yeah, keeping your mind like, sharp so, and your... Ugh. 
and the vocals up. So I stopped the rehearsing. I'm like, all right, all right, that's day one. Today, I woke up in the morning, my voice felt stronger. I came in here, started rehearsing again, and then I got a notice saying, uh, podcast today. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I completely forgot. <laughs> so I stopped rehearsing and got ready for this. But but it's just the muscle memory. Yeah. It's like, get back on the bike. I want to start getting in the mode of performing yeah. because I want to start memorizing some of these Grand Tapestry songs because I want to, uh, you know, I might want to do some live on Instagram or something to That's promote the album. Yeah. Da, 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 but but it also is like I just want to start exercising the the feeling again, like because I miss it. I mean, it's been a, it's a year. It's crazy, dude. Yeah. So yeah, man, getting back in the saddle, as they say. It's dope, dude. Well, I I can't wait for for the whatever, yeah, yeah, however, whatever live, yeah, exactly. whether it's on Instagram live or whether it's an IRL, you know, I will be looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Well, and looking forward to your new music as well. You know. Almost Famous is probably one of my top five hip hop albums, if not just albums in general. Yeah. What is, uh, what's something that's in your top five albums? Of my own uh, stuff? Well, just or something that you enjoy listening to. Could be your own stuff, but like, what, what's one of your top five albums? No, I won't, I won't go on my stuff. <laughs> yeah, something that you always go yeah. back to. Top five, top five is, I'll, I'll just go like the first things that come to my head. Uh, Death Certificate, Ice Cube. Nice. Uh, Outcast. Uh, which one i know which outcast uh eight aliens <laughs> yeah probably. um let's see tripod quest midnight marauders classic and low end theory they're both in my top five uh what else dude um oh god i've been going back and listening to some old stuff and i realized how much i how much of the far side is all right i actually know lyrics wise I was like spitting every lyric. I'm like, dude, I still remember every <laughs> lyric from this album. That album's fantastic. Um, and that's all old stuff, you know what I mean? But those are like first things that pop into my head as far as my top favorite ever shit. Like things that affected me to this day, affected my production style. Tribe Called Quest shaped the way I produce, like Q-Tips production. Um, and so I got to name that. And then the way Death Certificate was put together is just the, one of the most incredible albums ever And made. it's like right before you started, like, you know, really getting in there, right, and making your own music. So it's like, like you said, helping shape your style. And like, I mean, who I am for arguably, sure. of course, like the golden era of hip hop is like the mid 90s. You know what I'm saying? So it's like just to be yeah. able to be. Yeah, I'm a lover of the golden era, but I'm also a huge Kendrick Lamar mm. fan. Oh, like, yeah. I can't wait to hear what he yeah. drops. Good next. Kid Mad like, City is in my top five oh, as yeah. well possibly the only artist that i actually will immediately get that album find some somewhere in my house where i'm and by just myself put it yeah listen to the whole mm. thing yeah there's not many that do that to me anymore it makes me sad yeah. in some ways yeah. like i used to look forward to shit coming out we bump it and it would be like wow but now so much stuff drops every day that I'm there's so much I'm behind oh, on, man. and there's so many good rappers nowadays, uh, and so much good shit. Yeah. By the like, for instance, Alchemist keeps drawing dropping collabs mm -hmm. with people that are ridiculous. His production is up here, like it's oh, yeah. and he is a certain you know, it's a certain flavor, it's darker, it's grittier. It, it might not bring up your vibrations like up, up, it might get you in a yep. just grimy state of mind, but it's so tight, dude. Like, his production is stupid. I just yeah, like Alfredo, yeah, slap. <laughs> yeah, so all the, the shitty drop of Freddie Gibbs, the shit yep. he dropped with, 
uh, Boldy James, mm-hmm. the shit he dropped with all these these dudes that are in this kind of genre, this vibe uh, that are you know gritty, grimy kind of East Coast style, right? Yeah, I've been feeling all of that, but <clears throat> you know, there's a, there's a lot of stuff coming out that is is required listening that I haven't even touched yeah. yet. It's too much, so I'm like up in here in my own vibe in my studio, and. It's silly of me because when I listen to other people's stuff that I really dig, it inspires the shit out of me. Sometimes when I'm listening to something, I get so hyped that I don't finish yeah, listening to it. In the <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, I gotta give myself room to inspire, get inspired by other people because it never fails, yeah, man. Yeah. I listen to Alchemist. It's one of uh, probably Baldy James one with Alchemist, like The Price of Tea in China, I think it was. I listen to that and halfway in, I put it down. I was in here. I couldn't help it. I was making a beat inspired by production, and it's like you gotta, you get. I have to allow that, yeah. allow more space to listen to new shit. Because anyone who says, "Oh man, nobody makes good shit anymore. Hip hop is dead." All that. that <laughs> yeah, on, that is, you're not. You're not searching enough, Yeah. No, you're not. You're not paying attention. You're not giving stuff a chance. You're trapped in a in an era, and you're never gonna be happy if you allow yourself to be trapped in a box and like, I'm open to everything. All this shit the kids are dropping now that might not be the most lyrically heavy stuff, but I find value in all, I I hear beats that I'm just like, that beat is filthy. And the styles and the harmonies that these kids do, their lyrics might not be up to par, but whatever, dude. Like I find value in all different genres and styles. It's important. Yeah, something yeah, I kind of want to yeah. ask, like, when it comes to you making your albums, like, how much has that, like, process changed after all these years, like, with the experience you have, like, you go into the studio, you know, like, was it like that when you were young, too, hearing a song, like, no, nah, I got to turn that off and make my own, you know, or? Always, always been mm-hmm. that way. Always been that way. Uh, always had a home studio, whether it was in my actual home or it was, like, 10 gotcha. minutes away in some funky little spot that I rented. So, for the last few years, I've always had a studio at the house. Um this room and this house, like this computer is set on top of my drawing table. So I got all my drawing shit right here. Right here is, is the rest of the studio. Like, so everything is all in one room. And um, what's great is being married to somebody who understands who I am and, and allows me the space. And it's just like never questioning or saying, can you stop doing that and come be with me? She, she never, she never does that. Of course, you don't want to, if you're in a uh, serious relationship, you don't want to bury yourself in here and never pay yeah. attention gotta to gotta it. Gotta balance it out. Yeah, that's on you too to make sure to get out of the studio. Balance. Yeah. Yeah, because then that no, vibe but, feeds into your creativity mm-hmm. or it can detract oh, from it. Sure. So you mm-hmm. don't want that. No, you don't want that. But, but yeah, dude, my process really hasn't changed, man. Like, I think when I rented a spot that was apart from my house, I'm thinking of Poltergeist in particular, right? During Poltergeist, I would say, I feel like making a beat. Get in my car, pack up some, go to the CD spot, because I was sampling mm-hmm. CDs at that time. Buy 25 new CDs from different genres, take them to the, the spot, set up, make beats. And then I would make a beat and be like, I want to make a song to this right now. <laughs> okay. Transfer it to my little Roland 1680 digital workstation that we had back then. And I would write to the beat, I would make the beat, write to the beat, record to it, and then come home with a full song, right? I don't really do that anymore. I'll make a beat, 
turn off my equipment and go do something else. Come back, make a beat. And then sometimes I'll be like, I feel like writing today. Come in here, pick a track. Or sometimes, this happened the other day. I was looking for a beat that I had sold to somebody who bought a beat for me. I needed to send in the stems, right? And I'm like, damn it, I named this beat something that I didn't name it when I, that I named it differently than what I sent to him. So I'm searching for this beat. I click something, open it up, and it's a different beat that I love. And all of a sudden, I'm writing. I'm just writing. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm writing. And I end up recording a verse that day. <laughs> Boom. I have no plans to do that. Yeah. None. Yeah. And then I end up sending that to Grouch. And I'm like, do you like this shit? Should we add one more song to the pile? And he's like, dude, your verse is sick. And now he's writing nice. to it. That came out of nowhere. Dude. That came out of just me searching for another beat. And so I just keep stay open. Mm. Uh, one big key that I would want to share with any of your yes. uh, listeners yeah, that are creatives themselves is never, don't force the issue ever. Like I used to have the problem of that same period of time. I would go to that studio and since I drove somewhere and I was there, I'd be like, I drove all the way over yeah, here. I got to do this. I need to do something. <laughs> and sometimes you just don't feel it. I come in this room, I'll start making a beat and I'll be like, nope, turn it off and leave. Start writing, you're stuck. You're like, ah, yeah. I just can't find the words. Put it down and leave, dude. Do not force the issue. It usually results in some shit you don't like. Period. Oh, or frustration yeah. because you're sitting there for two hours and you didn't get anything done. Yeah, I know that struggle right. big time. I, I remember one time I drove to the studio and I just ran into so many technical problems all at once. I didn't even get started on the creative part of the of the musical process. And I just ran into so many technical snags. I just had to call it a wrap and go home. So yeah. I drove yep. to the studio I mean, and did yep. nothing and came home. And that's fine, yeah. dude. That that's and that's what that's why I want people to understand that it's okay. You don't need to be on every day. I've gone through months this year, especially when George Floyd stuff yeah. happened and all that began. I had this heaviness on my heart, like all of us did, that I had no desire to create. I made a sign, me and Grouch were at a protest downtown. We, I was posting a lot. I was watching documentaries. I was fully engaged in that part of me that I felt I needed to pay attention to at that time. And it was like a month before I stepped back in here and had desire to create, you know, things will happen in your life or nothing may be happening and you have no desire to create. That's fine, dude. You're not always going to be on. No, no one is always on. And if you are putting pressure on yourself, like I have been for many years saying, if you're not creating, doing anything, you're, you're wasting the day. What are you doing? Like I would attack myself in my head. You're being lazy. You're not fucking getting anything done. This is, and it's like, that's part of the mindset that I'm trying to change. I'm like, nah, dude, if I want to take a nap on the living room floor during a <laughs> pandemic with my dogs, I'm going to yeah. do it. And I've done yeah. it plenty of times this year. Or I don't feel like creating. I'm going to go run. I'm going to go take a run around the block. Mm -hmm. I'm going to listen to podcasts and run. Do something else, dude. Because like you said, like interacting with your wife or reading or watching a movie might inspire the next thing you do in the studio. Yeah. It doesn't always have to be something yeah. creative that brings yeah. that yeah. inspiration mm -hmm. to create. Exactly. dude. Or listening to other people's yeah. shit. That's a perfect time <laughs> to do that. When you're stuck, yep. go check out some yeah, new right, shit. Okay, now really I have time for that album. I didn't check out yet or whatever. Right. Yeah. right. 
you know you got time everybody got yeah. time right now i mean like you said so yeah, i mean getting rid of the whole idea of time like you were talking about like too bad we can't just because you booked like studio time too bad you can't book your brain to be ready to just do it right <laughs> like, you know so it's like yeah. like you said man you just have you can't to just turn it on and yeah. off like that. and like l- luckily you have if like only. the home studio yeah man i mean that'd be great exactly but. that's another blessing another thing to be grateful for i got my setup here i can step in and whatever, out wherever yeah. i want so so that's another blessing but that's sort of a little thing i wanted to share with yeah. people i think that is uh, good other creatives for sure well eli now is a good time that we can go into our segment that we call support quality and we just want to ask you about something that has brought quality to your life lately it could be a person a place a thing a process but what is something that's brought quality to your life okay well the first thing that comes to mind is something i talked about already which has been journaling journaling has as simple as it sounds man and it is a very simple process. I wake up in the morning. Sometimes I have crazy ass dreams. So I have something to start off with. Sometimes I'm just checking in with myself. Okay. It's Wednesday. It's the right. 14th already. What the hell? And I just kind of free write, right? That has brought tremendous value to my life in a sense that instead of being all up in my head, trying to figure things out, I'm writing it down. And as you write, there's something magical that happens using a pen. I'm not, not typing, writing. And when you write, you're having a dialogue with yourself. You're able to process things going on inside that may be more confusing if you don't put it on paper. And in that sense, I've been able to uh, get to the bottom of things, understand things, where they came from, just kind of like being a detective, a self-detective. And, and the journaling has opened that, opened that inward door for me, like exposing things, that uh, uprooting things, um, especially during this crazy year, just like going inwards and opening the shutters, the doors, the, turning on the lights, being like, what's going on in here? Like dusting shit off, being like, oh man, I do not need this. You know, journaling has been a big part of that. So I, I find tremendous value in it. And I would tell everybody to start journaling. I mean, it's a real simple habit to start. Yeah, I think I might. It need to yeah. be well, I mean, even yeah, like you write songs already, right? But this is still a different way that, you know, you let and like you just started picking it back up. And that's crazy to know. Like even someone who is known for writing is still is like taking it in in a different way. That is very interesting. And journaling can end up, has ended up already, will feed your creative process as well, dude. You start unearthing things that you're like, damn, when I was five years old with my pops, trying to help him with something. And he yelled at me because I did something wrong. He didn't mean it, but he yelled at me. And that moment did something to me. And it tried this trauma that affected me all my life. And it's like, it's, I'm just using it as an example. Yeah. Like, and then you start writing about pops or you start writing about, you know, how trauma is more than getting physically abused or, you know, mentally abused. The trauma can come from anywhere. And there's topics like deep topics that uh, that when people hear them they're going to relate because they can't help it and that's and that's another thing i would tell people nowadays is write about something real dude writing about imaginary cars you don't have and money that's not there yet and even if you do have the cars and the money and and the women and all that that shit is empty empty speed it doesn't stick no one is going that's why people don't attach themselves to artists all they do is talk about shit that's pretty meaningless in this in the end of scheme of things if you're talking about real things attached to that and they feel like you are a part of their growth and things that you know their processes in their lives they somehow attribute to you 
because I get a lot of people telling me, man, I've been through a lot of shit and your music helped me during that time. And that becomes a way to maintain a relationship with listeners. If you become a part of their growth and their journey, most likely they're going to stay with you. And if you're talking about bullshit uh, and, and especially negative shit, like killing people and, you know, all that kind of shit, like it's not going to stick, man. It's one a total tangent, but, but you know. Oh, man, it's okay. great. Yeah, and, and, and you're right, you know. Yeah. I mean, proven. Like, you've been doing doing it for as long as you guys have been doing it, and you you know, so you have to listen to some advice from someone who's been through the, you know. <laughs> listen to me. <laughs> you know, I mean, just good to hear. No, for real, thank you, man. Well, dude, it's been an honor to talk to you th- today. Um, where can the people find you online? Well, I would immediately want you guys to go to patreon.com slash Eli. Check out my Patreon page. There's hella tears from a dollar all the way up to $5,000 a month. <laughs> Obviously, I don't want to that. How many, how many you got exactly. that 5000 exactly. tier? How many, how many you got? I got zero <laughs> so far, but, um, but no, nah, it, it's, I do so much for my Patreon subscribers, like so much. There's oh, 30 exclusive songs that I've dropped two, three albums worth of songs that are not just were dropped there first and then are out in public. No, these are all only on Patreon. Like there's three albums worth of songs that, that most people have never heard and will never hear unless they join. Yeah. Well, you guys better join then. And that's yep, exactly. Yep. Yeah. And that's just one part, man. It's art. It's yeah. music. It's podcasts. It's video chats. It's one-on-one phone calls. It's merch. It's entry into shows when they start happening again. It's all these perks and and a very close community of people that care about the same thing. So I would point people to patreon.com slash Eli or my Instagram at the real Eli or, you know, all the basic yeah. shit. Man. Yeah, and we'll link that in the description of this podcast and we'll be promoting it when, yeah. when we release this episode. But, right on, but, man. When do you think you guys are dropping? Uh, probably this, this week, probably around Wednesday, okay. I, w- I would say. Okay. Yeah, and we'll, we'll cool. let you know so we can all cross promote and whatnot. But dude, it's been a pleasure yes, man. Thank chatting you with you much. this weekend. Uh, like you are, like you already know, I'm a, a long time fan, and I will continue to be. So Word. appreciate yeah. you guys. Thanks man. and blessings, man. Thank you. I got you guys. Have right. a good rest of your Saturday. You as well. Peace, bros. All right. Well, you can follow me at Mr. Beatty on Instagram, and I'm at Young Man Old Souls. And uh, we are at Quality Goods TV on Instagram. You can find all the rest of our stuff there. You can support us with merch. We're, we don't have Patreon, but uh, we have merchandise. We're always looking for new ways. And we to got YouTube. You guys. Yeah. So we'll be engaging. So come engage with us on Instagram. We see you. We yeah. see you, new listeners, new followers. We see you. We but appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. So keep engaging. And uh, until then, we out.